the program today is at Medic Regional Blood Center. We're at the Farragut location. And, Jimmy, this is one of several where men can get a free PSA test, which is so important in the battle against prostate cancer. Well, it really is. And early detection is the key. And if you get early detection, then uh, that can really help uh, with your uh, survival rate over the next five years. In fact, it's nearly 100%. And the key thing to know is also that you don't have symptoms for this. So that's what makes it even more important to get a PSA test so that you can discover this soon. And if you do, then you've got a much better chance of beating the prostate cancer. And right before the show, you had your test taken. Yes. And how long did it take? Oh, gosh. Uh, by the time I sat down and they drew blood, less than five minutes. Yeah, it was, it was very quick. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't take very long. But, and the, the good thing is it takes a very short period of time to get it done. Save your life. Mm -hmm. You can save your quality of life for the next five or ten years, whatever. So uh, make sure you get that done. There's just really not an excuse. Today and tomorrow, you have an opportunity to get by and do that. Looking for the location nearest you? EddieCheck.com has all the locations for today and tomorrow. And, of course, they would gladly take a donation of blood, as Medic always needs the helping hand. But EddieCheck.com, see for yourself. We, uh, of course, turn our attention to Tennessee football to help us do that. Every week, seemingly, of the year is none other than Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com as he joins us now. Brent, how are you? Doing good. Hope you guys are doing well, and uh, we'll see what happens with this football team come Saturday, and we get a little NFL action tonight. Hopefully we can settle into uh, a full fall season of, of football at the collegiate and the professional level. Yeah, we, we've made it from uh, just starting to dip a toe in the, uh, in the shallow end with high school football. Then you started to warm up with college football, and now deep end. It's football. That's all it is. It is, and um, we'll see how uh, everybody manages everything moving forward, but uh, certainly looking forward to seeing the NFL tonight and looking forward to college football this weekend. Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. So if we compare the ten things you thought you thought <laughs> to the game that we saw, what did you think of Tennessee's debut under Josh Heupel against Bowling Green? Well, I certainly thought they would throw the ball better. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I thought it was the perfect start for Tennessee on both sides of the ball. I mean, you open up, and uh, I thought that was going to be a 63-3 to game in a hurry, the, the way that the thing started. And then, obviously, to fall out of rhythm like that um, is, was a head-scratcher, and I think it's one everybody's still kind of trying to figure out exactly what happened and, and why that was the case. Um, was it because they had their first bout of adversity? Did that knock them out of rhythm? Because if you look at it, everything's going along swimmingly. They get a holding penalty, get some behind the sticks. Then they, they, then they end up with a drop pass in the next possession, and they just kind of got out of kilter there. So uh, did the holding penalty really have that much of an effect on them? They had two negative, you know, back-to-back -back negative plays there. And really for the next eight or ten snaps of the half, were pretty non-existent, pretty nondescript, you know, offensive football. So, um, you know, the running backs, I, I like, I thought I would like them going in. I like Ty, I understand why everybody was high on Ty on Evans that you talked to uh, in the complex um, in the preseason. I like his feet. He's much more than just a power guy. I think he's a guy who can play any down in any situation. Um, Jimmy and I were talking about before we went on the air, I thought Javante Payton would be a bigger factor than what he was. I'm not sure why. Was that Joe Milton not seeing him? Was that Payton not running some of the right routes? Was it a combination of all those things? You know, um, I, I said this going in. I said this coming out. Um, don't put too much stock in game one. 
particularly against Bowling Green. I said that going in, don't get carried away with it. Uh, coming out, don't get carried away with it, good or bad, because um, I don't know how much you learn about learn about your football team against that team. You're going to learn, learn a lot more about your football team Saturday at noon, that's for sure. And I think the same can be said for Pitt. Pitt's got more answers mm -hmm. because there's continuity. It's not a new staff, and they're bringing back a bunch of veterans. Um, but, you know, Pitt better not be feeling full of themselves after beating a really bad UMass team. Those were arguably two of the worst teams, if not the two worst teams, in college football a year ago. I'm not sure either one of them are any better, Bowling Green and, and UMass, compared to where they were a year ago. If you have a question or comment for Brent, 656-9900, 656 star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Brent, you're mentioning of Tennessee's offense going into a lull. It coincided with Cooper Mays' injury. Do you, do you think that had an impact on Tennessee's offense? Well, I, I think it took Jerome Carr. I know Coach Heupel said it was seamless, and, and I think that, um, he didn't have any snap issues. I, I don't know all the calls up there. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, he missed calls or he didn't miss calls and, and this, that, and the other. I, I think it took that offensive line a couple of series to kind of get their legs back under them and, and, and find themselves with Carvin at center. Uh, and then Ollie Lane ended up playing at guard. I thought they were much better in the second half, obviously running the football. Um, I thought they got in a much better rhythm in the second half. Um, but, again, if, if you don't drop the football – at the 50, you know, do you go score there? Um, if, if, if for all the talk about Joe Milton not seeing the field and those things, and he's got to play better overall, if he doesn't overthrow two deep balls, what's he throw for, 300, you know, and three touchdowns With or two and touchdowns? The, and they take away the two drops, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so it's one of those deals where it, it was just they were they were closer to being good but there was enough there that it gave you pause for how good can they really be. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like you can look at it both ways. You, you know, it was like if you, if you catch those two balls, if he hits a deep ball, the whole, the whole narrative is totally different. But at the same time, too, you go, well, he missed a lot of open receivers. They missed this. How good can they really be? And that's why I just don't think you get carried away in game one against that opponent. Again, We'll see what we're talking about next Thursday because if Tennessee's going to beat Pittsburgh, they have to throw the football better than they threw it thir last Thursday night. That's the bottom line. Coach Heupel said that uh, Joe Milton has to play better. He also indicated the receivers have to play better as well. You in that camp as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and I think the receivers are in a, in a total different challenge this week. I don't, I don't know the scheme well enough to sit here and say he read this wrong or he read this right or, or that. I don't, I don't know all their rules versus coverages, what Joe Milton sees versus what the receiver sees, how they communicate all that. I, I don't know the answer to that. What I do know is this. Pittsburgh's going to line up in their face, and they're going to crawl up in their grill Saturday afternoon, man-to-man -man on the perimeter, and say, beat me. And we'll see if they can beat him. That, that's what I do know is going to happen, and we'll see if Tennessee can be physical enough at the line of scrimmage to create some separation and to get themselves open. When you play that kind of man coverage, you open yourself up defensively to giving up a big play if you can take advantage of it. Two years ago when Central Florida went to Pittsburgh, they, they were Central Florida didn't play very well at all. They were with the lead in the second half because of about three or four big plays that they hit, throwing the ball over Pittsburgh's head. Can, can Tennessee beat press coverage and beat them over the top because that's what Pittsburgh's going to dare them to do? You mentioned the receivers needing to be physical. Tennessee's offensive line. So... 
Tennessee runs for 332 against Bowling Green, which gave up 310 a game rushing the year before. They're not very good in run defense. So Tennessee did what they should have done in the run game. Pittsburgh comes in giving up, what, 94 rushing yards a game last year. They're pretty stout against the run. How do you think Tennessee's run game will fare against Pittsburgh if Tyon Evans is unable to play? Well, two years ago, they didn't run the ball worth a flip against them. Um, I mean, even if you take out minus... Central Florida did Yeah, Central Florida. Even if you take out 36 yards of sacks, uh, sack yardage that, that they gave up at the quarterback position, they still didn't run for... Uh, much more than I think 100 yards, or right at 100 yards. Um, so it, it was it was tough sledding. Um, we'll we'll see. I mean, I I think they're not going to line up and run for 335 yards. They're going to have to stay on schedule offensively, um, stay ahead of the sticks, and not get in, in in third and long. I'll say this, and I don't know how effective it'll be. I like some of what they do with their run game from a concept standpoint. And again, I'm not a I'm not the guru of X's and O's, but I, I like the way they use the tight end, uh, some little trap-type plays that they have going on where you don't necessarily have to be a road grader. So if the guy's more physical on the other side of the ball, you can you can mask that a little bit. So I like the creativity uh, that Tennessee has in the run game and some of the stuff that they that they showed. Um, but they'll, they'll have to be more physical. And, and they, they, you know, that group played well. They did what they were supposed to do. I'm not criticizing the O-line at all. It's just the test gets a lot bigger. It gets a lot more different this week. It gets a lot more challenging this week compared to week one. Jimmy, it's the uh, it's the annual drive for men to get their free PSA screen. They make it so easy. It's a simple blood test, and you're in and out in minutes. You are, and I was in and out in minutes, and I, I get two a year. I get one now, and then I get one in uh, in March just to, to be extra careful with this. But I've had some family members that have had prostate cancer. They caught it early. They're fine. That's the key. Make sure you get your test done, and this is not something that symptoms don't show up uh, until it's, uh, it's almost too late. So if you go ahead and get tested and you find out you've got it, early detection, well, if it's caught early, the five-year survival rate is nearly 100%. And you can find the location closest to you, and it's today and tomorrow. Visit eddiecheck.com, eddiecheck.com, and if you can, give blood. Medic could use the help. And uh, I did that today, and it took roughly 20 minutes uh, from start to finish. So there is a little bit of a screening process to make sure. They ask you a handful of questions. So uh, know that there's a little bit of prep time that goes into that, but you're talking no more than a half hour start to finish if there's not a line. But let's go to the phones. As our guest Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com, we say hello to Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Fellas. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey. Hey, uh, Brent, to you, who were the players? There's, uh, some of them are obvious, but who do you overall were the players of Tennessee in the ball game, this past ball game, that looked good, that really showed promise and played well? Well, I mean, again, I think you got to put a, a bit of a qualifier on who they were playing, but obviously, you, you're, you know, when you look at them, uh, Theo Jackson, I thought, was really active and, and played well. It looks like he's faster. He's certainly more confident. I think overall, defensively, my biggest takeaway from that group is, Jimmy, they just didn't seem to have a lot of communication errors. I'm not saying they played everything perfect. I'm sure there were missed assignments. But you did not see a lot of throwing up your hands, a lot of looking at each other after the play, and kind of what were you doing, what were you doing. I mean, they seem to have a really good understanding of the plan. 
and of the scheme, and um, I think that was a great start for, for them. Again, they'll be challenged differently this week, but um, I, that was my biggest takeaway overall on the defense. I would love to see Elijah Simmons play if he ever got in shape. If he ever got his weight under control, I would love to be able to see what kind of, what kind of player in this league Elijah Simmons could be because I think he's got a potential to be a really good player. I, I just I don't think he – I think he's still learning how to strain. I think he's still learning and, and, and maturing on how to take care of himself year-round to put himself in the best position to be a good player. But I think he's got a skill set and a quick twitch on the inside that you like for a guy his size – um, I just think, you know, I think he gets tired quickly. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, we'll, we'll see whenever he kind of matures into that. But you see some potential there. Um, you know, offensively, I, the, the tailback, certainly. Um, I, I, will, I will give Ollie Lane a lot of credit. I mean, that's a guy who had not played at all. And, and I thought what he did in the second half in particular, as he settled in, he was effective against Bowling Green. Total different challenge for him. Uh, I thought Darnell Wright was, was solid. I know he had the one holding penalty, uh, but I thought he looked more comfortable on the left side. It looks like he's in better physical shape than he's been in. So, you know, th- those were some of the guys that, that you know, that kind of jump out there. It's hard hard to find anybody really in the passing game. I mean, Cedric Tillman's obviously the guy that Joe Milton's got the most confidence in right now. Um, and, and he made a – he climbed the guys back for a touchdown, but that's a ball that shouldn't have been thrown. Um, there were other people open. Don't – you know, that ball shouldn't have gone there for, for that touchdown. But, um, you know, getting behind the secondary for Tillman, I think, was a positive. We'll see if he can do it moving forward. Okay. Well, uh, okay. Well, what channel on TV is the ball game on Saturday? ESPN. Yeah. That's a noon start it's, on ESPN. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's the regular ESPN. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. 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 Hang in there, buddy. Steve, we sure do appreciate it. 656-9900, 656-9900, star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Brim, what are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh's quarterback? Really good rhythm passer. When, when, and is a guy who can get hot, I think, and can reel off 10 or 12 straight completions. Um, I think is a guy who, um, if you make him, he's mobile, but if you make him move around a little bit, then, then I think there's some times that the accuracy is, is a little bit off. Uh, but he's got a ton of experience. I mean, just a ton of experience. Um, can run just enough to be a problem. Um, not going to run zone read. He's not going to run for 100 yards. But in a game, there may be two or three times that he turns third and five scramble into a first down, you know, and, and just just enough of that to kind of be a pain. They're not going to – I don't think they're going to call anything for him specifically, but he's got enough mobility that he can scramble, legitimately scramble for, you know, for a first down without any difficulty. So um, just a veteran guy who's seen a lot. I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to confuse him or um, surprise him with a whole lot of stuff because I can't imagine there's not anything he hasn't seen given the amount of – snaps he's got under his belt um, in college football. Guys played a lot of football for Pittsburgh. Um, they put a lot on him. They asked him to do a lot. I don't think the, I don't think Pittsburgh's running game is great. It may be better this year. It wasn't great a year ago, um, which means they're asking him to do a lot. He really likes to tight end. Um, 
Luke, Luke Crow really likes him. Florida uh, transfer. Yeah, yeah, good player. Um, he, he seems very comfortable with him. And he likes to work the middle of the football field. I mean, if you if you go watch him and look at his numbers, he's a guy who likes to throw the ball between the hashes more than he does outside the hashes. And um, I think he's very comfortable uh, throwing the ball down the middle. So you're going to have to defend the middle of the football field. Solid player. I mean, is he a third-round pick? I've seen some people project him that high. I don't know. He may play himself into that. But he's certainly going to get a shot, I think, in an NFL camp and will be drafted at some point. He's not going to be in the, he's not going to be in the top, you know, first two rounds. I don't know that it would be three. Maybe in the you know, fourth round or, or later, but I do think he's a guy who's going to get a shot in the league. With Jimmy Himes, I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com as we are here at Medic Regional Blood Center in Farragut for Eddie Check. Come on out, men. It's uh, the perfect way to make sure that you stay uh, as far ahead of the curve as possible in the battle against prostate cancer. It is an absolutely free test. takes mere minutes, a blood test, to uh, see whether or not you have any elevation in terms of your PSA count. If so, that's when you go on for further examination. But it's a wonderful event that they have every year. Men and women, of course, encouraged to donate blood to help Medic, which can always use the help. But we're at Medic Regional Blood Center to find the location nearest you, uh, then go to eddiecheck.com. Back to the phones we go. It's Aaron who's up next. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Aaron. Hey, uh, John, Jimmy, love y'all show. Um, Brent, real quick, and I'll hang up and listen. Do you believe that Josh Heifel's lack of defense, like because at USC or UCF, he didn't play defense at all, do you believe that would honestly work in the SEC? Y'all keep up the good work. Well, I mean, I don't think they they didn't play defense. I don't think they were a very good defense. Um, there's a lot of debate on, on why or, or what would be the case for, for them not to be a, a very good defense. I, I, I don't know the answer to, to that. I know that um, Josh Heupel brought one defensive coach with him from his previous stop when he brought essentially his entire, uh, most of his offensive staff with his offensive, with his tight ends coach, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, and, and offensive line coach. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what Josh Heupel would have done if he was at, at UCF this year, if his defensive staff would still be the same. Would he have made changes after last year um, because they didn't play well defensively? Um, I'll say this. I didn't think UCF was great defensively in their opener um, this year. Um, so I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, I'm a believer, in, 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 and maybe to a fault, maybe this is unfair, non-professional, whatever, I think Willie Martinez is a dang good football coach. I do, too. I really do. And he had three players drafted off that secondary this past year at UCF. Um, I, I think he's a good coach. I think Josh Heupel knows he's got to play defense and understands he has to play defense. Now there's always the question, how much are you putting your defense at risk with your pace of play, which is fair. I understand that that criticism or that question mark. But, I mean, I, you can't sit here and say that Josh Heupel didn't try on defense when he was at UCF or – made no attempt to play defense at UCF because that's just not the case. Well, and, and the thing that I'm interested in with this defense, Brent, with Tennessee, I think the defensive line will probably be the most improved unit from last year to this year in part because you remember how we bragged about Coach Rocker and the nice stuff he did? Well, I think Rodney Garner with this group will do every bit as good. So I think this defensive line uh, has a chance to, to be uh, – uh, respectful. How's that? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think they've got some. Are they going to be a great defensive line? No, I don't. I don't think they are. Are they going to be an effective defensive line? I, I think they have every chance to be. Now they've got to get some, 
you know, they need to get Byron Young out there, and they need to get more out of Elijah Simmons from a consistency standpoint. And I, I think I think Latrell Bumpus is still knocking off some rust from missing most of last year. And you know, there's some different things there, but I don't think anybody understands how bizarre last year was for that group, and and, and how just challenging it was to be competitive at times with that group last year. So I do think they'll be better. I think it's only natural that they'll be better. And I think you've got a guy who understands the SEC coaching that position who's going to get a, a, you know, a really good effort out of that. That doesn't mean they're suddenly going to be a great defense. I think there's some key categories they've got to win, red zone defense being the biggest, and I think they've got to win on third and long. If they can get a team in third and long, you better get off the field, right? And they better not give up a bunch of third and nines or third and tens, third and eights if you can get teams into that situation. And then, Jimmy, when teams get inside, you know, the red zone or get it, get down that area, do what they did this past week, force field goals. Don't give up a touchdown, force field goals. Should give you a chance because you're expecting this offense to be productive for you. Let's get a call from Mike. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys, Jimmy and John, always good to be with you. Love the show. Uh, uh, you're the place where I go to get uh, the latest in uh, Vol stuff. And, uh, Brent, good to be with you. Uh, and by the way, Jimmy and John, uh, was LSU and Georgia Tech the right answers yesterday? Out of curiosity, I couldn't find the helicopter to get to Knoxville in time to deliver my answer. <laughs> was there any right answers? Uh, you were half right. You started strong. Uh-oh. Okay, well, translation, he's not going to tell you the answer. Well, (laughs) if you'll drop tech from your second guess, you're on the money. That's right, because that's still going on. You can still go to where we were yesterday, um, which was Powell's Auto Service right off of Callahan Road, and uh, because you can still enter with your name and number and your guess at the trivia question, which is right there on the box, and win four (laughs) tickets to see Tennessee and Pitt. Yeah. But uh, you were close, but not complete. Well, what's your question for Brent? Uh, just yeah. First of all, Tyone Evans. I didn't hear what the latest is, or is there anything late on him as to why he's questionable for Saturday? And number two, Brent, Jimmy, and John too, for that matter. How would you describe? I hope I can put this in the right words. How would you describe the climate this year among the coaching staff and the players as compared to last year? Well, I, I, I think the climate is much better, and um, I, I think there's a couple things there. When you say that, everybody goes, I told you that Jeremy Pruitt was something else now, and that's not completely fair, okay? Um, I, I do think that there was some challenges internally in terms of relationships on, on that coaching staff. There was some, you know, the offensive staff and the defensive staff, and Jeremy Pruitt's involvement in offense and that kind of thing. I think there was some, there was some challenges there. Uh, but but I think part of last year, and I've said this uh, probably to some people driving around going, I've heard this story a hundred times. I just don't think everybody grasped how challenging it was for the kids last year. You know, it's just hard to get to know your teammates. You know, think about this. I mean, Tyler Barron had never run through the tee until Thursday. You know, he'd never been on a vol walk. Um, they, they weren't allowed to hang out with their teammates last year. I mean, it was literally... Put yourself, go to football practice, and then get yourself in isolation as fast as you could. And and to those credit, to the kids' credit, for the most part, they did that. I think they did a really good job of that. Um, I, I think part of last summer, Jimmy, I, I think there were some people on this staff who did not, uh, on the previous staff, who didn't think they were going to play football. That they didn't think they didn't think the season was going to happen. And um, I, you know, so I think that um, 
there was a lot of there was just a lot of oddities to last year um, that 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 magnified some things and and, and made it pretty challenging and, and probably didn't help that team when they got into adverse situations because they weren't as close and and weren't as bonded as they needed to be. Uh, so I think this team is much closer. I think they get along better. Um, I think this coaching staff, a lot of them know each other for various different ways, and, and I think right now it's all good. Again, this team hasn't dealt with, with adversity. We'll see how they handle adversity, how they handle losing. How do you handle when things don't go perfectly? You don't know the answer to that till it happens. And Evans, yeah. um, I would kind of list him as doubtful, but uh, I think it's going to be a game-time decision as to whether or not he's going to be able to play. Brent, do you see that any differently? Yeah, I mean, J Josh Heupel pretty, was pretty clear he wasn't going to comment on it today, and, and we'll get you know an official word from them on, on Saturday as to what's going on. We'll obviously be looking to see if he's in, in pregame warm-ups or, or, or where, that, where that's at. But, um, you know, I, I think that um, questionable, doubtful in that category is where you put that one at this point. Injury or illness? I don't know the I don't I don't know uh, n nobody has said officially on that deal and I'm not I'm not in okay. the business of speculating okay. on 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 something like that I don't I don't feel comfortable That's doing fine. that till I till I know for That's sure fine. something Jimmy you may be in a total different place on that with 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 the people you've talked to uh, not injury related okay guys thanks so much Mike we sure do appreciate it let's continue with the phone calls it's Jay who's up next hello Jay. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Doing well. Hope you are. Um, Brian, I have a question about Joe Milton. Um, he came in here with a reputation that he doesn't make good decisions. He doesn't go through his. He doesn't, you know, see his reads, and he's inaccurate. He doesn't have a good touch on the ball. And Thursday, he pretty much did the same thing. He didn't make good decisions, didn't have a lot of good touch on the ball, and he did it against one of the worst teams in the country. What? Where should UT fans have optimism? Because I don't think these this is something that just corrects itself in a week's time. And now we're going against, obviously, much better competition. I'm just struggling to find where the optimism should be. I can see the talent oozing, the potential – Oozing out of Joe Milton, you see his physical abilities. That's clear as day, but there's more to playing quarterback than that. And I'm struggling to think that much is going to change from last week till this Saturday. Well, I mean, I don't. I mean, obviously, they feel like he's the best option for them. Um, I, I think the touch, the, the touch thing, he overthrew two deep balls. And that maybe you should have put a little more air under those, but. The, the the two drops by Jalen Hyatt, I mean, Those I, are Hyatt's fault. I don't have a problem with that. I, I mean, to me, touch is when you hit the guy in the ear hole in the flat and don't give him a chance to make a play. So I think the touch thing, but does he throw the ball hard? Absolutely. Should he put more air under the ball on the deep ball? Sure he should. I know he completed a bunch of deep balls in fall camp. Okay, so the, the touch thing to me is I, I'm not as wound up about that one. Okay. Um, was he grossly inaccurate? I mean, I'm asking that question. I mean, overthrew two deep balls. Um, 
you know, uh, was the ball behind a bunch of guys the whole time? I, you know, I don't know. You can you can debate all that. My bigger concern was the fact that he didn't see the field. Here's what I don't know. What are they asking him to read? Is he asked to read the whole field? Does he have four or five progressions in a route? You know, in, in, a, in a particular play call? Is he limited to one side of the field, and that's where he's supposed to? I don't know. I, I don't know or, that scheme. Or did he read it right and the receivers read it wrong? I don't know. I don't know that. That's Here, a possibility. Right. Here's what I know. Joe Milton didn't play very well. Mm-hmm. Okay? Joe Milton's got to play better if Tennessee's going to be going to be successful. If he doesn't play better, Tennessee's going to have to play a different quarterback. Okay? If, if he goes two for 12, you're not going to see Joe Milton playing on the field. Okay? The same way, too, if Joe Milton had completed the two deep balls, thrown for, you know, a couple touchdowns and 300 yards, and, and, and you know, people were calling in going, why is he not in the top five Heisman balloting this weekend? It's one game in a new system. Let's see where he's at at the half of this week. If he's two for 12... Then you're absolutely then yeah, okay. But but if he plays better and they're moving the ball effectively and he's settling in, then then we'll see. I, I don't think you make a judgment on those four quarters alone. Is what I'm saying. The question about why be optimistic because Josh Heupel has a history of being a very quarterback friendly offense with productive quarterbacks, and let's see what adjustments he makes with his offense, with his quarterbacks, with his receivers going forward. And this is a guy who did have two 300 yard passing games at Michigan before he got hurt. So it's not like he's been some kind of dis- disaster. Now I know Michigan fans aren't, you know, aren't enamored with him. They feel they feel really good because of who they play with McNamara th- this past week. But before he got hurt, those Michigan fans liked him pretty good, you know, because he threw for 300 yards and they were moving. And here's the thing with Joe: at times it looks very effortless and very easy, which is the oozing of talent that that he's talking about. Then at other times you're kind of like, what was that? Yeah. He's got to eliminate the, the what was that, you know, and, and just be a little more consistent. I just need a small, a, a bigger sample size than what I saw that, this past week. Because if, if you went to the concession stand line, which were apparently really long, by the way, last Thursday at the end of the first quarter, everybody would have been going, hey, where do I get a, where do I get a Milton jersey at, right? Because yeah. this guy's this guy finally we got a quarterback who can play, you know, and this. And then all of a sudden at half, everybody's going, ee, and then by the end of the game, everybody's going, wait a minute now, what are we doing here? Right. So let, let's see what another half of football, another game of football looks like um, and see how much improvement he makes moving forward. Brent, what's going on right now at VolQuest.com? Well, we're getting ready to get you ready for Pittsburgh. We got the matchup piece up this afternoon. We had our mailbag podcast up. Uh, obviously, everything from Josh Heupel today. Tomorrow we got a war room. We'll have our predictions. Uh, we'll have our um, uh, 10 things I think I think. we got a couple of recruiting stories coming up as well. Saturday we'll have the cheat sheet. Eric Kane's going to have his pregame podcast that he did last week uh, that will be for us, uh, that he'll have up for us early morning. So while you're making your way in or you're um, having your biscuit or whatever you're doing, that would be a great listen for you on the way in there. And then obviously we'll have full game coverage coming up throughout the day on Saturday, which, again, I think is a very intriguing matchup. Um, Pitt comes in with confidence. I'm sure their fan base is confident. I think Tennessee's kind of still in a curiosity mode. What what exactly do we have? And I, I think Tennessee fans are going to learn a lot. And I think Tennessee's going to learn a lot about what they have Saturday afternoon. We'll look forward to it. Brent, thank you so much. We'll catch up next Thursday. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com joining us here at Medic Regional Blood Center in Farragut as part of Eddie Check.
And Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. We'll get a break. Coming up, hour number four of Sports Talk. We look forward to being joined by our good friend Bobby Rader. We'll also catch up with VFL Steve Hamer. And up next, it's your chance to win with the Sports Fix at 6. Stay with us on 99.1, the sports animal. 